You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Damon Martin, MMA fighting here with one of my favorite guys to speak to. He is one of the top light heavyweights in the world, but he's becoming one of the best analysts in the world, which is why I like talking to him about everything going on in the sport today. Anthony Smith. Uh, Anthony, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good, man. I just got out of practice, finished up strength conditioning. I'm done for the day. And, uh, yeah, just hanging out here in beautiful Denver, Colorado. Very nice. Very nice. So, obviously, deep into uh, into training camp already. Yeah. Yeah, 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 man. We're, we're rolling, man. It's going really well. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So, Anthony, uh, before we get to anything else, man, let's talk about the fight. You, actually, you obviously stepped in, got the fight with Jimmy Crute. Uh, you're going to fight him in April. I know when we spoke after your last fight, you were looking forward to taking a little bit of time off. This one's going to come, what is it, about five, about five, six months later? Is that about the timing of this one? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling, uh, I feel good about the timing. Uh, you know, they came to me with a couple couple different dates, and it just, I don't know, man, I just wasn't ready, and, and I was really enjoying time with my family, but at the same time, I couldn't take off too long because then I'm stuck fighting in the summertime, and we both know how much I hate doing that. So uh, <laughs> I wanted to, to get it out of the way so I could take the summer off. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited about the fight, man. I, I like Jimmy Crute. Uh, obviously, I don't know him, like, personally, but uh, I like his game. Uh, I'm a fan of his style. I, I like how he approaches the, the game. He, he's not one of those – he's one of those newer bred fighters, the, the new breed of guys that, that really – I don't know. They engage with the fight everywhere. Um, he's not. He's not your special. He's not your Damian Maya. You know. I think the days of those kind of guys are going to be fewer and far between. Um, he he likes to grapple. He'll wrestle. He's got big, heavy hands, and, and he'll fight me anywhere. And that's that's kind of how I've always been. So it, that's exciting for me. Yeah, and I know when we spoke after your last win, you mentioned you know, that was the guy who wanted to fight you very respectfully. Obviously, nothing you know, no like trash talk or anything. But you're like, yeah, that's the guy I would fight. And so it kind of it came about in kind of a weird way, but you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know they came with, you know, I didn't I didn't really get any solid fight offer. Um, it was a lot of dates, and they threw around a couple names, and I was like, I'm less concerned with the name. I'm, I'm more concerned with the date. Um, so you got a couple guys out there in the division that are kind of pissed off about it, but uh, I think Jimmy Cruz the guy. I think that he's he's severely underrated. I think he's underranked, um, and I think that the UFC knows it. The 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 boys in the back know it, um, 
and I, you know, I think that he's gonna. I, I think he's gonna give me a run for my money, man. I think he's gonna make it a tough night for me. Yeah, he's a fun fight. Like that's this is one of those fights where it's kind of like we don't have to really sell it. It kind of sells itself because his style and your style kind of match up perfectly to what we kind of imagine is gonna be a fun fight. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing, man. I I really love these kind of fights where I don't really gotta like focus on one thing or another. I just gotta fight the position in front of me because. I don't even know if he knows where he wants to fight the fight at. You know what I mean? I think he's going to do the same thing I'm going to do. He's just going to we're going to we're going to stand across from each other and we're just going to take what what each other gives the other person. So uh, those those are exciting fights for me, man. I'm, I'm, and he's young. Uh, you know, the knock on me. I guess people always say that I'm the guy fighting the kind of the older older generation of fighters. So. Let's uh, let's knock off another one of these young up and comers and, and remind people. Yeah, I remember talking to you before the Devin Clark fight, and you told me at that point, like you know, you were just wanting to fight. You wanted to you know, get back on track. Obviously, you went out there and got a big win. But we hear this so much lately, and I, I brought this up to so many people. I had this conversation with uh, Benil Dariush after his last win. I had it with a couple other fighters where it's like there's a frustration from some of the guys who are not necessarily in that top five or six in the world that those top five or six guys just won't fight them. They're all worried about the rankings. They're all worried about you know, their place in the division. And to a point, I get it. I understand you want to fight someone higher ranked to move you ahead in your career. But you fought Devin Clark knowing he had more to gain from that win than you did technically based on you know what you guys did accomplishing the division and you could say the same thing here like you're a former tighter challenger obviously higher in the rankings uh and, and jimmy crew probably gets more in terms of that but i don't hear any like you know i don't hear any like hesitation like oh i shouldn't be fighting this guy and i, I like that attitude no man i listen i'm 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 kind of from that old school generation where like uh, all you need to do to get me to fight you is raise your hand <laughs> that's it uh as long as it makes sense uh somewhat you know, obviously, some of the stuff you got to justify, and and the Devin Clark was just, you know, I stepped in kind of, kind of little. I wouldn't say short notice, but I it was, I think I was only five weeks out, um, and you know, there there wasn't anyone else available, so I was like, all right, Devin Clark's the guy. If that's who they want, that's who I'll fight. Um, obviously, it's easier to do that when you're coming off some losses or or you've kind of stubbed your toe a little bit, but you know, I'm I'm not. I was that guy. I was that guy who who couldn't get the big opportunity couldn't get the big fight couldn't get the the higher ring guys to give me a, 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 a you know to give me the time of day so i'm i don't know man maybe maybe some of it is i'm just trying to change the game like you if he beats me then i don't deserve the ranking i have so th- that's how i look at it like i'm not trying to hide from anybody i'll say i'll fight anybody yeah, I like that attitude, though, because I think we do miss out on some fun fights when there's so much focus on the rankings, when it's like, like I, I was telling Benil Dariush, I was like, you and Tony Ferguson would be a great fight, like, that's a fun fight. Now, in terms of rankings, it's you know technically a step down for Tony, but who wouldn't want to watch that fight? That's a fun fight. And I think we do miss out on some fun fights just because we get too tied up into, oh, the rankings, the rankings, and, you know, just go out and fight, like, have some fun with it. Like I said, if you're better, like, I remember that with Kamaru Usman, he's like, if I'm better than you, then I should beat you if i'm not then i shouldn't have that ranking in the first place that, that's exactly it that's and listen us guys up here in the in the top five let's not pretend like we don't enjoy getting top five paychecks to fight you know 15 ranked guys like i whatever like <laughs> if i'm as good as i say i am then i should enjoy getting these these high ranked paychecks to fight the lower level guys like but that's not how a lot of guys feel that's not how they think that's not how they operate and you know, it's frustrating, and it was frustrating for me, and I always told myself I was never going to be that guy. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to spend my, the rest of my career 
fighting the guys ranked 10 through 15. That's that's not what my plan is. But, you know, every once in a while or you know, now twice in a row, like, if that's what I got to do to work my way back up, then I'm fine doing that. Yeah, and I agree with you, though. I think Jimmy Crude is underrated. I mean, his one loss to Misha Serkinov is not a bad loss. Misha is a super tough guy. You look at you know, he has a win over Paul Craig. Obviously, a couple of big finishes in a row. Like, I think he's obviously a very solid opponent. No, I 100%. Hey, hold on one second. I think my I just blew I just, I think I just blew the engine in my car. <laughs> what? I'm not even joking. How do you blow the I'm engine just, in your car? I have no idea, but I'm like literally sitting in front of the house that I stay at. I parked. Was gonna finish the conversation with you, and I just heard this gurgling, burning sound, and I like <laughs> opened the door, and there's just smoke rolling over the hood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Let's keep on going. It's fine. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new one. I got to be honest. All my interviews all these years, I don't think I've yep. ever talked to anyone blew their engine during an interview. Uh, actually, uh, it may not be the motor. It's uh, smoking antifreeze. Oh, wow. Oh, well, don't don't yeah. don't uh, don't get in danger by doing the interview. We can always talk later. If you're okay, no, go. We're, we're good. <laughs> no, we're good. We're good, man. I just, I just pop the door open and we'll finish this conversation. I like talking to you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And as I said, uh, Jimmy Crute, you know, not the ranked guy, but I think he, I agree with you. I think he's kind of underranked. I think people kind of give him a little bit underrated there. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I believe he was winning that Misha Serkinov fight until he wasn't. So... Misha Serkinov is a tough dude. Uh, he's been in the UFC for a long time. He's, uh, I believe it was a submission loss. Um, and, uh, you know, you end up on the ground with, with Misha. That's, that's just, you know, you're, you're kind of playing with fire. If you're not like a, you're not a high-level black belt and you're going to mess around on the ground with Misha Serkinov for too long, he's going to catch you. And that's just the, the, that's how it goes. And, again, we got to remember that Jimmy Cruz like 24 years old. Um, he's, he's, not, he's not 32-year-old Anthony Smith with, you know, 70-something fights totally. He made a mistake, and, and I don't I don't suspect he's going to make those mistakes uh, again. Yeah. Now, one thing I actually just realized, and, and I know that the Rackage fight, you know, was uh, was was obviously kind of the weird timing with that one, where it ended up being a main event, ended up being a three round fight. But I just realized, like, this is the first time uh, in a while where you haven't been in a main event. I was like, this is weird. Like, you're not going to be the main event at UFC 261. I was like, this is a weird position. You've been the main event for so many fights in a row. And I know you always appreciate the main event slot, but uh, this is a weird one. I was like, man, it's actually been like years since you haven't been the main event. Yeah, seven straight seven straight main events. That's actually a record. I'm the only guy to have seven straight main events as a non-champion. Oh, my God. Now, tell me, are you disappointed to break that streak, or is that just the sport? No, nah, man, it's it, – it, I don't mind it. You know, it's it's really cool. But, I mean, think about this. How long is Junior Junior Dos Santos? How long was he in the UFC? He had 13 main events. I'm I'm already halfway there and haven't been around as long as he has. So, I mean, I think that's cool. You know, it's a, it's a cool little feather in my cap to have that many main events. It's, to be very honest with you, though, I'm, I'm not disappointed in only having three rounds. Um, that's, you know, like, think back. Like, if, if what if the Glover fight was only three rounds? How much different does that division look right now? Yeah, You're absolutely right. You're absolutely I, right. That was a three round. That was a three round fight. I win that fight. Yeah. So, um, and 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 I think everything looks different. And he doesn't beat Tiago Santos because they never fight. Um, so I, I don't know, man. It's it's cool. I don't I don't mind the. I'm not one of those guys like I don't care like if, that we we broke the streak. It. 
I'll enjoy the three rounds. And, and, and again, I don't mind paying my dues. You know, like I, I stubbed my toe a couple times and, and I got to work my way back up and that's fine. Hey, let's be honest though. In the day and age we're in right now, you might be the main event. We just don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know what? That's, that's happened before recently. So uh, you, you never know. Yeah. Let me ask you about the kind of the state of the light heavyweight divisions. We just had the title defended, obviously, this past weekend. Uh, Jan Blahovich went out there and had a great performance of battle with Israel Adesanya. And you're a guy, obviously, you came up from middleweight and you've kind of, you know, you've transformed yourself into a light heavyweight. And, and you were a guy, kind of like Tiago Santos, you guys were killing yourselves to make middleweight. I know that was never an easy cut for you to get down to that division. Whereas a guy like Israel Adesanya, He's kind of a natural middleweight. He's not a guy who cuts a tremendous amount of weight, and he didn't cut any weight to fight Jan Blachowicz, and maybe that came back to bite him. I don't know. But what do you like, what What did you think of that fight? And, and, and kind of your opinion of like you know now we have kind of an established champion again in Jan Blachowicz. Yeah, I mean, you know what, man? I was really happy for Jan Blachowicz. I'm I'm a big Israel Adesanya fan, um, but you know you know how I am, man. I I'm always gonna root for the the old dog. You know, he's kind of the old guard. You know, he's kind of I'm, I'm like the youngest. I'm like the younger fighter that came up in his same generation. So it's cool to see him go two and four in the UFC on the brink of being cut, uh, and end up turning it around and now he's the champion of the world and just beat. You know uh, what's Israel Adesanya on the pound for pound list? He was like number three at the time. So yeah. Um, I mean that just amazing for him, amazing for his family. Um, just really cool to see that guy be successful and and you'll never be able to take that from him. You know like. He's the guy. He's the first guy to beat Israel Adesanya in MMA. He he beat him and stopped him from taking his title and becoming the champ. Champ like he, that's that's huge, man. That's a legacy. That's a that's something he'll always be able to to, to have, and you can never be able to take that from him. Um, and and, and is he, he'll be fine, man. He'll he'll be good. He he's gonna still continue to do well at middleweight. I don't see anybody at middleweight beating him right now, anyways. Um, and you know the fight kind of went a lot the way that I, a lot of the ways that I said it was going to. You know I was. I was actually really proud of my analysis. You know, I, I really spent a lot of time digging into these guys. And I think a lot of people thought I was crazy. I said that Izzy wasn't going to be able to dominate Jan with late kicks. He did get some through, but it's, you know, through and through over the entirety of 25 minutes. Um, I'd be shocked if Israel landed five solid late kicks, you know, which is different for him. I mean, maybe the numbers say different, but as fighters, we know what's solid and what's not. Um, they may count them, but we we all know that if those if those are real or not. So, I, I think Jan did a great job managing the distance. He managed his output. Um, he didn't sprint a lot. Uh, and I said that I thought that he was going to be he was going to have an easier time getting to him than a lot of people have uh, in the past. And and you know just a, a phenomenal performance. And and what a what a great job of switching up the game plan and and really being patient on the takedowns. You know how hard it would be to know that you can dominate that guy on the ground if you can get in there and wait until the fourth round to shoot. Like, man, that guy's grown so much. And, and that seems to be what happens with these, when these guys get these titles. They, you know, it almost like the title comes with a little bit of a swag and a little bit of, you know, I don't know. It just, it just brings, like, some sort of special sauce with it, I guess. And, and, and like, guys win the title, and then they get better. Uh, and that's it, – it's just really cool to watch. Now, that said, uh, I really like the matchup with, with Ron, and, and, and I'm chasing that. You know, I, I really like how him and I match up, and I'm trying to get there. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love that fight as well. And it's weird you say that because I actually, I picked you on to win the fight. That's no disrespect whatsoever to Israel Adesanya. He's as good as advertised. I just felt like Jan, size-wise, power-wise, wrestling, I just thought he had the weapons to do what guys at middleweight can't really do to Israel. I just thought that was going to be a problem for him. Uh, and I actually believe Glover Teixeira is a tougher matchup for Jan than Israel was. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I actually think that's a tougher fight for him. You're 100% right. Um Glover sits down on his punches and is and really one of the things I said in the in the lead up to the the Izzy fight and I don't think I don't think Israel would disagree with me. Um, he doesn't have the raw power to sit down on a punch and put Yawn on his ass. He just doesn't. Uh, could he catch him when he's blitzing uh, and and kind of sit him down when he's overextended and his chin's up in the air? A hundred percent. But if they're both standing in the pocket and the feet are set and Izzy's throwing throwing you know caution to the wind, he's not going to put that guy down. Um, you know who can though, Glover Teixeira. <laughs> Glover Teixeira can sit anybody on their ass anytime he wants if he can connect. Yeah. Um, and also, I think Glover could really push the wrestling. And if they end up on the ground, I would have a blast watching those guys uh, fight on the ground. You know, two high-level black belts. Both guys are are kind of more top pressure guys. So it, w- it would be fun to see a round where Glover has Yon on his back, and then the next round Yon has Glover on his back. It, I, I just want to see how that how their jujitsu and their grappling matches up, uh, striking wise. I, I I don't foresee either one of those guys uh, wanting to to test those waters too much. Um, if anybody does, I would imagine it's going to be Jan Blahovich because you know in in the past, now uh, that seems to be changing a little bit. But Glover has had some durability problems with taking shots as he's gotten older. Uh, I'll tell you this personally: I hit Glover with everything, including the kitchen sink, and that dude barely blinked. So. <laughs> Um, you know, Tiago Santos, obviously super powerful and explosive guy, was able to hurt him a couple times. But uh, for whatever reason, he's, had, he's, he's found a way to, to extend his career. And, and, and maybe as he's getting older, he's taking care of his body better. He's in better shape. Uh, and he's able to take some of those shots a little bit better. Yeah, I know you're not calling either of those guys out right now, but I think people forget, you know, when you had the fight with Glover, obviously everyone wanted to talk about the ending, but the beginning of the fight was all you. And and obviously, you know, credit to Glover for surviving and coming back. I mean, that's obviously to his credit. But like you said, I like the Jan fight. I like the Glover rematch. And I think those are both fights we could see for you down the road. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I, I want the... I want the Glover fight back. I uh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I wanted the Tiago fight back, but you know, he he doesn't look the same. You know, and, and I'm not trying to talk trash on Tiago. I have nothing but respect for that guy. Um, he just hasn't looked the same since he came back from the surgery. And people forget Tiago's not a young man either. Um, you know, he's not forty something year old Glover Teixeira. Uh, but I, if I'm if I'm right, Tiago's thirty six or thirty seven, maybe thirty eight. But he, so he's getting up there too. Um, and he was coming off some really major knee, knee surgery. So uh, I really like the Blahovich fight. And I like those fights because it's, those are two really good dudes. Two really good. I mean, Glover Teixeira even stuck up for me in the post-fight press conference to John Jones. That's the kind of dude. And he just beat the shit out of me for two and a half <laughs> rounds. Uh, and then goes to the press conference and spends his, his moment, his shining moment to stick up for me. That's just a good-ass dude. And, and, and I, I, Jan, I don't know Jan at all. I've um, never been around him or experienced any, any him around people, but he just seems like a pretty genuine dude. Yeah, I only know him from interviewing him, but he is like genuinely one of the nicest guys ever. Everything you see on TV is very much him. Like he's just a very down to earth dude. Like you know, I could like I would be shocked to ever hear him say like a legitimately bad thing like about an opponent because I don't think that's in him. Right, right, and it does, and that's you know that's that's how I read it too. I 
I have a teammate that uh, had some beers with him by the pool in, in Abu Dhabi and, and uh, had nothing but really nice things to say about that guy. So, you know, with that, that, that kind of era we went through when everyone's an asshole and talking shit and it's all about trash talk and whatever, I, it, it's nice to just see some, you know, even Izzy, like him and John Jones have their beefs and him and, you know, Paulo have their beef. But for the most part, you didn't hear him say anything negative about um, – you know, about uh, Gaslam or, or, or any of those guys that didn't really come at him. So, you know, you kind of see that as time has gone on, you know, it's, it's fairly nice guys that are that are kind of sitting at the top right now. Yeah, and I, I know that's, that, sounds, that sounds stupid. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. But for me, it makes me happy. Yeah. Well, when you look at the light heavyweight division, like I said, where you're at right now going to the Jimmy Crew fight, like I said, it's a good time because we, we, you know, things aren't really defined right now. You got Rockish, but unfortunately, you know, obviously, you know, credit to him having a great performance against you, but he didn't. I, I mean, again, I don't think he, I don't think he blew anybody away with the Tiago Santos fight. Uh, he won, obviously good for him, but I don't think he was like, you know, everyone's like supercharged. They, man, that guy, give him a title shot right now. But like I said, there's not that clear cut, you know, after, after Glover, you know, again, I, a couple wins get you right back in there. And again, I know you're not calling him out. I want to make that clear, but you know, you get a big win over Jimmy crew. You're, you're right back in that mix where you want to be. Right. Right. And we're, and, and then we're going to be back negotiating and trying to work our way into a title shot. And, and again, I'll be, you know, I, I get in there and I beat Jimmy crew. I have no problem. I'll fight again. You know, I'll fight, I'll fight one more if I got to, um, which is, you know, but who knows that may be the winner of, Maybe I fight the loser of Glover, um, Glover Blahovich. Maybe I, you know, maybe we see if Rakic is still hanging out there, and we can look at that rematch. I don't, I don't know, but I haven't thought about it too much. Um, you know, I just really want to, I, I really want to put a stamp on Jimmy Crew. As nice of a guy as he seems, and as respectful as he's been up to this point, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of on a different level right now. I'm, I'm super happy. I'm having a really good time training. Um, but if you ask any of my training partners right now, they're not really enjoying training with me so much. I, I got a little bit, I got a little bit more of an edge to me right now. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Little, little, that, that's the, when the training sessions are over. They're like, "Damn, man, what'd you do?" Yeah, you know, Cody Brundage said to me one time, uh, he's one of my main training partners, really tough wrestler, really gritty dude, just just phenomenal athlete all around. Um, you know, I took him out to dinner, uh, and then the next night, the next day, we had sparring. And after the round, he walked out of the cage and was like, damn, man, I had you over for dinner last night. <laughs> what the hell was that for, you know? But, you know, at the end of the day, we, we got to get in there and, and, and get after it. And, you know, so there has been times in the past where, you know, I have backed off a little bit and, and just been enjoying being there. But I'm, I'm just I'm kind of in a different place. I'm, I went through a rough patch and I got through it. And I'm just really happy and, and I'm just really, really trying to, just trying to push the pace and, and these young guys man you give them an inch them dudes are going to take your head off so so they're keeping me on my toes yeah i know after you had such a chaotic 2020 i know we talked many times about that you felt good going into the Devin clark fight and again that's not taking anything away from rockets or or glover for all the insanity going on around there but i know you felt really good coming in and coming out of that fight and it sounds like you're carrying that same kind of energy into this fight with jimmy crude yeah i am man i'm just I don't know what happened. You know, I, obviously I know what happened in 2020. There was a lot of terrible shit happening to me in 2020, but I, I, I still feel like, like, I, like Rakic and Glover and Tiago, like those guys aren't better than me, you know? Like they were better than me that night. I'm not going to take anything away from them, but those are beatable guys. And, you know, I just, I just wasn't where I needed to be in my own head. I wasn't where I needed to be personally. And, you know, I got all that shit figured out. I, I worked on myself. I'm, I'm, I'm just... You know, I worked out some kinks in the gym as, as far as how I'm approaching training. Like, you know, I'm there every single day, but was I present? You know, did I have so much other shit going on where I, 
I was just maybe checking a box and, and, you know, I, I think even, even Rakic, to be very honest with you, I think I overlooked him a little bit. Um, I, I knew that he was a big, powerful striker, but I, I was fairly confident if we touched the ground one time, I was going to choke the shit out of him. Um, and, you know, he, he had a different game plan. He, he didn't want to engage with me. He wanted to hold me down. And, and you know what? At the end of the day, he kind of wrote the book on me. Like, if you, if you want to beat me, like, standing in front of me and trading is probably not the best idea. Um, but also engaging me on the ground is probably not a great idea either. So you, you don't do either. You don't, don't engage me on the, on the feet. You know, throw the kicks from long range. Uh, if you end up on top, don't engage me and do enough to not get a stand-up for that. That's a phenomenal game plan, and, and that's stuff I have to address. That's not on him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, I love this fight with Jimmy Cruden. Like I said, where the light heavyweight division is right now, again, you know, lots of things can happen, and we don't have, you know, after the Glover fight, we don't have a clear-cut person. Even, you know, again, credit to him for getting the win over Tiago, but again, I don't think anyone's screaming for Rockets to, you know, jump into a title fight right now. So, you know, again, the options are out there, and, and again, this is a, a good time uh, to get this Jimmy Crew fight and, uh, and a good time for the division. Uh, with that being said, Anthony, let me ask you, let me put your, let me ask you to put your analyst hat on for a second real quick before I get you out of here because uh, beyond your own division, this last weekend at UFC 259, we also saw the situation that happened in the Bantamweight division with Aljamain Sterling and his fight, Peter Yan. And obviously you have experience with something similar with your fight with John Jones. It's come up so many times, uh, obviously, over the years, people, you know, John, everyone else give you credit, you know, going out there and continuing to fight and, and you know, not, you know, not sitting and, and not taking the DQ, which, again, you know, could have either resulted in no contest or a DQ and you would have been crowned champ. We, I'm not going to rehash all that. But now Aljamain's taking, you know, kind of a, a fairly decent amount of flack for, for not continuing the fight. Now, I said, and again, I'm the outsider. I'm doing the I'm doing the I'm a doctor, but I'm not a doctor. So I'm doing the thing right now that I hate, but I'm doing it. As soon as he got hit and he was down, I was like, stop it. Like, he looks done. Like, he just looked completely out of it. And when the replay showed, it was pretty bad. But as a guy who's been in there and gone through something similar, and I know you can't get in Aljamain's head, can you give me your take on that whole situation, especially with the people who are giving him grief and saying, oh, you took the easy way out, you acted your way out, and now you're a champion? All right, so I'm going to approach this uh, probably a, a different way than you would expect. Um I'm not going to speak on what I, what I think about Aljo, because if I'm being very honest, anything I say about that situation is going to make it seem like I'm shitting on Aljo. And I, and I don't want to do that. Even, even if I wanted to shit on him, I wouldn't do it. Um, we have mutual friends. Uh, we have the same manager. Um, I'm just going to be very real with you. Even if I wanted to shit on him, I wouldn't. Um, I, I, I think I, I don't know how to explain this. Like, I think that this shows that these referees need to take more responsibility. Um, and, I, and I always feel like I'm shitting on the referees, and I'm really not. It's, it, you've never heard me talk about a bad stoppage, a bad referee. I've, I've never done that. Um, what I have done is I've criticized them for things that they're unwilling to do. Um, and it's because they don't want to take the heat. They'd rather put it on the doctor. Like you've seen, you know, Mark Smith right away, just, you know, he just passed the buck right off to the doctor. Like, here, here's your job as a referee. If we're going to task you with the, the power and the ability to know when someone's hurt in a legal ending shot and you're supposed to be able to be trained enough and, and, and know enough in this sport to know when that guy's hurt that you're going to stop the fight and you're going to wave it off and no one says anything, why does the legality of that shot matter? That's, that's my point. Like, the legality of the blow shouldn't matter. If, 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 that, league was, if that knee was legal, he would have stopped that fight right afterwards. Had his knee come up, he would have stopped that fight because Aljo wouldn't have continued. So 
because it's illegal, you, you don't have the balls to stop the fight and not put Aljo in a position where he has to make that decision? That, that's my problem. It's, these referees are so afraid to take heat. And it, like, they, they, don't wanna, they don't wanna insert themselves in the fight. Well, God damn it, when, when, when someone breaks the rules, that's your job. Because if you're not gonna do that, let's be very honest here, we don't need you. We police ourselves in the gym, hard sparring, like damn near fighting every single day. Like we could have someone on the outside hold a timer. If I low blow you, 99% of the time, I'll just stop and say, hey, my bad. Like, you know, maybe the eye pokes are a little bit different because sometimes you don't always know when someone gets poked in the eye. Like you don't always feel, you don't feel it when you poke someone all the time. Um, but like we don't, at the end of the day, like if you're not going to do that kind of stuff, you're not going to take the responsibility and step in and make the hard decisions and, and risk taking that kind of heat and responsibility, then what are you doing? Because we don't really need you that bad. I'm, t- I'm telling you, other than the guys that are the cowboys and, and the rogue guys that tend to break the rules a lot, um, other than those guys, we could do this on our own. We could police ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 that's kind of like I was I was saying that on Saturday night. I was on Twitter like when they because like he kept going over to Aljo and be like, do you want to continue? Do you want to go? And I'm just like, dude, look, like, look at him. Look, he's he's not in a place where he should be making a decision right now. Like you could tell he was well, done. acting or not, act, acting or not, he looked like a person that couldn't fight, regardless of whether he was acting or not. But that's the point. Like, that's why I don't think that the you know, the the you know, how genuine that was. I don't think it matters. Because what you were looking at was a person that didn't look like he could fight. I could see that from my couch uh, on Copper Mountain in Colorado. So, I, I like if you can't see it standing next to him, then there's a bigger problem here. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I it goes right back to the the same argument that I have with refs or with people getting upset the corners aren't stopping fights. Um. There's two people that are paid. That's their only job is to to protect the fighter from himself, whether that's getting back up when he shouldn't have and continue to fighting, whether that's, you know, the fighter won't quit and he's just going to keep walking forward, but he's losing this fight badly and needs to be stopped. That's the referee and the doctor. If you're going to pay, if these commissions are going to pay these doctors to sit capeside and make sure that everybody's safe, then that doctor should be watching the fight. Mark Smith, Herb Dean, Jason Herzog, Keith Peters, all of them know what a fighter looks like when he's hurt and can't continue. If they say they can't, then they should get a new fucking job. Like, yeah. I, it's so frustrating to me. Like, the doctor should be sitting outside of the cage. He should watch that fighter walk to the octagon. He should watch his mannerisms while he's in there. He should watch him while he's fighting. And when he doesn't look like that anymore and he doesn't look like he's the same person and he's hurt, get him out of there. That's what needs to happen. And that's uh, – Mark Smith is right there. He's two feet from him at all times. You know – what Aljo looks like when he's hurt. I know what Aljo looks like when he's hurt, and I've never refed one of his fights. Like, yeah. all I've done is I've watched him fight. I know what he looks like when he's hurt. So it's like he took that shot right in front of your face, right after that guy, right after you told that fighter to not throw the knee. You've seen how hard the knee was. You've seen how Aljo reacted. You're going to make him fight another round and a half? Like, again, how Aljo acted, and whether he was pretending, whether he was faking it, whether he was playing, it doesn't matter. You have to go with what you're looking at. So why spend all that time? That's a hurt fighter. He's not going to be the same after that shot. If, if, if it's not enough to take two points from him and you don't think he can continue and be at the, same, at the same level he was at before, then stop the fight and stop putting it on us because then it makes us look like pansies. And again, yeah. me and Aljo are different people. I made a different decision. 
because I'm a different person. Like my heart and brain is different than Aljo's. I never considered stopping. I tried to get up as fast as I can so that John didn't think I was injured or that I was hurt, but I'm different. And that, I don't expect everybody to be like me. I don't expect everybody to go through the shit that I went through in the Glover fight and still stand up on his own two feet. I don't expect people to have to do that. That's what I like. I'm not against fighters thrown or corners thrown in the towel. I'm just against it for my team. That's, that's not a blanket thing. I'm, I'm totally for thrown in the towel. And I think it, 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 I don't have any problem with it happening. Um, I, uh, to be quite honest, I think some of these refs do such a bad job sometimes. I think it needs to happen more. So I, it's just me. So like, you can't look at what I do and think that that's my, my outlook on the entire sport as a whole. I like, what I think is right and what I'm doing for my own career are two completely different things. Yeah. Well, you're absolutely right because, like I said, there you know there they are similar situations in the sense of you both took an illegal shot. Obviously, you chose to continue. Aljo couldn't, but I don't think it's Aljo's fault anymore. And I thought it was your fault that you know that like you're right. The referee should be the one to make that call because that's what we tasked them to do. And we always say they're there for the protection of the fighter. That's ultimately their job in the cage is to protect you from fouls to protect you from whatever uh, and to stop the right. fight when we think you can't continue. And, and like I said, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. When you think about it that way, that's true. It shouldn't have been on Aljo to make that decision. Well, hey, think, about this. think about this. I'm going to say this out loud and you tell me how stupid this sounds. I was fouled by another fighter intentionally. And there's a referee here. The whole, like in the name referee is to make sure everybody's following the rules, right? That you're, that you're not being fouled, that, the other, that all fighters are doing what they're supposed to be doing and not breaking the rules, so that I'm going to be fouled by that fighter. The person who's supposed to be officiating this match wants me to decide whether this fight continues after the rule was broken. When you say it out loud, it sounds so stupid. <laughs> it does. Like what, why are you here then? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to ask them. Why are you here? And, and, to, be, and to be fair to Mark Smith, Given the state of the sport and where we are in this current situation of uh, like in this current problem, I think he did an okay job actually. Um, uh, he could have just been better and been more black and white and said, "Nope, he's compromised. He doesn't look like he can, he can continue." Uh, let's you know we're going to call this fight. He took a lot longer than he needed to, um, which which aesthetically made Aljo look terrible. Um, but at the end of the day, he got it right and he stopped the fight. So yeah. Uh, I, I, and I would have been pissed if that was me, and that's why I got right back up and told him I was fine because I don't want to deal with that shit. Uh, that's not what I do. I don't. I've never once in my whole life said I couldn't do something or that I that I was hurt. Never done that, and I'm not going to start now. So it, again, that my situation is different, but it could have been handled better. But kind of where we are and where this rule situation is, uh, it, it could have been way worse. Yeah, and to be clear, I actually think Mark Smith is a solid referee. I actually think he's kind of one of the underrated guys who doesn't typically make a lot of mistakes. There's referees I can absolutely point to and say, oh my God, please don't let him ref. Or, uh, you know, I've, I've gone public with a couple of guys actually I've had real issues with refereeing. Uh, I actually think Mark yeah. Smith's pretty solid. Like, he's never a guy that sticks out to me of making, like, terribly bad decisions. So, again, you know. No, no you know, he's not terrible. You know, and for me, there's some referees that, like, just personally um, – I wouldn't say that I don't like them, but I I would rather have someone else. I, but in Mark Smith is one of those guys. I would rather he didn't ref my fights, but that's not because he does a bad job because he's made a bunch of bad decisions because I'm nervous. He's going to screw me. Uh, he talks too much. <laughs> I'm being very honest. Uh, he, he talks too much. Like I do think though, if you had Jason Herzog or Keith Peterson in that octagon, I think that we're having way different conversations today. Yeah. 
I yeah. think that the conversation looks like Peter Yawn illegally fouled Aljamain Sterling and the referee stopped the fight because it was an illegal foul. I think that's the, the end of it. I don't think we're talking about did Aljo fake it, did because even if he was, he was still illegally fouled and it was a hard knee. So even if he was playing it up, um, it shouldn't even have got far enough for him to be able to do that. Like I a hundred percent believe that like Jason Herzog would have seen an Aljo's initial reaction and would have stopped that fight. I think yeah. Keith Peterson would have done the same thing. Um, I think Chris Tyone probably would have would have done something similar. Um, sometimes he he seems a little bit unsure and, and questions himself sometimes. So I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um, I you know at the end of the day I think Mark Smith was just kind of like oh fuck you know and and kind of thrown off a little bit himself. Yeah, you get put in a bad position, and you kind of find out who's ready for it. You know what I mean? Like that's when you gotta, exactly. you know, you gotta, you gotta make make the tough call. Like I said, referees make tough calls. We don't like it. You know what I mean? You don't necessarily like it, but that's their job. That's they have to make the tough calls. Yeah, yeah, and 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 if it's too hard and you can't take the heat, then you know, like they get a different job. Yeah. Well, I agree with you. I know we had that conversation after the whole Glover thing with the whole corner stoppage. And when you said that to me, I was like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Uh, in terms of that, and you know, like I said, the referee's in there. The referee had to, you know, could stop the fight if he wanted to. Uh, he didn't. Uh, so, you know, like I said, that, you know, there's a lot of ways you can look at a situation, which is one of the reasons why I love talking about this stuff because you kind of put me in a different headspace too. I'm like, you know what? That's true. That's actually <laughs> right. So. I know, and I don't think everyone's going to agree with me, but um, that's how I look at it. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Well, Andy, I won't tie you up anymore. You got a car to figure out what's going on with it burning down while you're doing this interview. So uh, I appreciate right. <laughs> I appreciate you doing this, man. Obviously, uh, have a good rest of your training camp, man. Can't wait to see you back in action. Everybody, with, with things starting to open up again, fans are like, man, I, 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 I want to get back out to an event again. It's been like over a year since I've been to a UFC event. I'm like, geez, I need to get back out to one of these events. Yeah, we'll make your way out, and hopefully I'm working the desk and we can hang out a little bit. Absolutely. Anthony, it's always a pleasure, my man. I appreciate you taking the time. Take care, brother. All right, talk to you soon. All right, bye. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.